0: It's about creating a vision, a destination, what I call a dream, and until customers see and envision the dream the same way as you do, and then our teams can fulfill that dream in a structured and methodical way, none of us are successful.
1: Welcome to Don't Break the Bank, Run It and Change It, a podcast for curious minds in the financial services industry. I'm Matthew O'Neill. And together with my co-host, Brian Hayes, we've both worked for over 30 years in banking and banking IT before joining VMware. In today's episode, we're super excited to be talking with Sumit Doan. He's our newly appointed president at VMware, and he took on this new role only a short time ago and has already met with 150 customers and has agreed to spend some of his time out of his crazy schedule talking with us. To say customer relationships are a priority for him is an understatement. Sumit is here to share with us how he benchmarks success, spoiler alert, it's customer-focused, and he's also here to share with us some of the important developments he sees on the horizon. Welcome, Summit. Great to have you with us.
0: Great to be here.
1: So, um, can you give us a quick intro about you and your role?
0: About two months ago, I was appointed as president of VMware. So, in my role, I'm uh, responsible for making sure all of our solutions are taken to our customers and our customers are successful with them. Fabulous.
1: So um, so from a career perspective then, how did you end up here?
0: Well, I said, my background is varied, but I've always taken pride in working with customers and making sure that I understand what they're looking for and matching our solutions with them. You know, just looking back, I'm a technologist. I've built products, I've uh, coded, I was an engineer. Over time, led creation of several products. And then in VMware... My history is that I was running end-user computing portfolio, and then for the last 12, 18 months, I was designing all of our customer success solutions, including services support and making sure our customers are successful with all our offerings, which has been a lot of fun. It gets me to work closely with customers, and I kept talking about everything we can do better for the company, and I guess uh, you have to be careful what you wish for, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and here I am. Fabulous, fabulous.
1: So when did you realise you uh, you first wanted a career in IT?
0: I graduated with a degree in computer science. So unfortunately, IT was stuck with me ever since I graduated from college. But I've enjoyed every bit of it. I love it. You know, I truly believe software, um, which at the time when I graduated was not perceived the way it is today, is just fundamentally changed anything and everything we do in our lives. And it's been a fun ride and I know it'll be a fun ride going forward.
1: Okay, so so what was your first job in in IT then, and how did you end up here?
0: I was a coder. A coder. I was a coder, yeah. Coding what? Back then, it was uh, starting with a little bit of mainframe coding with AS400, and then I coded up operating systems and a little bit involved in Java programming and deep into the even the Microsoft Windows operating system as well.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we're not going to start talking about COBOL, even though I'm sure Brian and I Thank probably you. want to go Thank there. Thank you so much. Uh, I, <laughs> so, so looking back then, what would you say was your career-defining moment?
0: My career-defining moment was probably two or three things. I think firstly... I've always believed in building and doing different things and not necessarily looking at just advancing the careers through a vertical mode. So I spent time in the field and carried the bag as a quota-carrying seller. And uh, I know we're talking to the financial services audience, believe it or not. Uh, I worked on Wall Street. I took a job. I said I wanted to be a seller, but I wanted to be where it's always the best and i said it's manhattan it's downtown and and i want to be there and i was blessed to be able to get an apprentice sort of a role for being a salesman and then over time just also shadowing our sales management and just learning the art of how you do selling and you know you learn a lot because you think about sales being something very different than what it is once you're in that position you understand that empathy for the customer And then, of course, matching the solutions and then making them successful is the core DNA and the job of sales, which is misunderstood until you've done it. So that was, to me, I would say the first defining moment. And then secondly, stepping out from larger companies. And the other thing about me is that I stepped out of VMware. I'm a boomerang into the company. And uh, I stepped out of VMware and took the chance of being a CEO at a venture company. And And just being a CEO and leader for a company, even though regardless of size, teaches you a lot and you learn so much uh, about how you're accountable for the entire team and all the customers that your solutions are dependent on. To me, those two things have taught me a lot and I'm thankful that I did it
1: so um brian and i thought yeah, uh, you know, we were talking about this before we started the call today and um, we thought we probably have to take some extra steps today to be on our best behavior for you uh, and then we realized we we're incapable of that so uh, apologies up front um this is kind of be going to be what it's going to be <laughs> so
0: it's
1: let's, long, uh, so let's move on <laughs> yeah so let's move on to our deep dive and and i did a real deep dive all right uh let's get into it we'll find out everything there is to know okay Summit. so um this is our deep dive section Uh, so uh, my opening question now you're the president of vmware what's your day look like
0: Uh, a lot of time with customers which is what i enjoy just to give you an idea over the course of last two and a half or less than two and a half months i've taken over this job i've now met 150 customers I'm now keeping uh, fingers crossed with the Delta variant, but I'm on the plane meeting customers all the time and just learning as well as, uh, of course, making them aware of how we can help them. So I'd say 50% of my time is there. And secondly, you know, we are getting ourselves focused on the core priorities that our customers have and the core solutions that we can make our customers successful with uh, and empowering our team to do their best right that's sort of what uh, i focus on and spend my time on and it's very fulfilling
2: so from my perspective i think it might be good to understand what makes up your organization what have you got in that vast organization
0: yeah i mean listen uh, you know in the organization we have customer and partner facing teams largely right so that includes all of our front office teams that is sales marketing all of external communications That includes both all of our engineers who make our customers aware of our solutions, handle the proof of concepts, and take them through the journey of evaluating our products against the competition. And uh, then after that, making our customers successful, which is customer success teams, professional services teams, customer support teams, and then our partner-facing teams. That is across all types of partners from strategic alliances and ecosystems, which has significantly broadened with our focus and solutions for multi-cloud, that is the hyperscalers to Dell and other sort of providers of the systems, ISVs, as well as system uh, integrators from global system integrators to regional integrators to our cloud provider partners. So broadly thinking, you say marketing, sales, strategic alliances as well, and then customer success and services teams, supported by our corporate communications.
2: You've mentioned success a couple of times. What do you think are the key attributes to deliver success to our customers and how do you measure it?
0: You know, if customers arrive at the outcome that they started with their journey with when they bought and purchased our solution or thought about purchasing our solution, that's success to me. If they arrived at the value that they wanted to derive from the solution, that's success for me and for the customers. And so, It's a broad definition on purpose because then it gravitates the entire organization towards thinking about how and what we can do for making customers successful. And, you know, at an individual level, there's no one more motivated than just making sure that customers are successful. Everything else, unfortunately, gets in the way. And the more we can get everyone focused on that, the better off we are.
1: I was thinking I should ask you, I think you may have already answered it, actually, but, you know, where does the customer fit in your thoughts? And do you get that much time? To talk with them given all the internal stuff that you've got to be doing now with all of those departments.
0: You gotta make time. You gotta make time, Matthew. I that's why we said, you know, I said we're gonna spend tons of time with customers. So customer time comes first and then everything else gets filled up with the rest. Because if you do anything different, then you know what will happen. The calendar will fill out with everything else that has to be done. So the key is that you spend time with customers because you're learning a lot. You're making sure that they understand your strategy because customers are not necessarily looking for products and technologies. They're looking for partners themselves who are going to be able to take them into the future. Like I said, with software, the beauty is software creates and fulfills dreams. Okay. Software is not like a hardware product, which has fixed dimension specifications and you buy it for, you know, handling a specific capacity or a, or a issue. It's about creating a vision, a destination, what I call a dream. And until customers see and envision the dream the same way as you do, and then our teams can fulfill that dream in a structured and methodical way, none of us are successful. Our customers are not successful. We are not successful. And that can't happen until I spend time with customers along with our teams, because the customers want that. They want to have a shared dream with us. And that's my job and and i'm doing that as much as possible and that's not going to change
1: so what's important to you then that the customers think about vmware
0: yeah i mean i think as, from a customer perspective you know they've always seen us as a trusted foundation okay and uh, we are the trusted foundation for that has enabled our customers in many cases you know individuals to have their personal success and customers to have tremendous outcomes whether it has come to cost a simplified way of operating and innovating in bringing out in power of new applications faster to their stakeholders, because without the power of what we did for our software defined data center or digital workspace, enabling the power of innovation of bringing new applications would have been impossible. Imagine if you had a closed ecosystem of the mainframe, would we have really been able to bring applications at the same pace? As we are able, as our customers are able to do it now. No way, you know, because it's a closed ecosystem. By definition, you're dependent on very few vendors to be able to do so. What VMware has enabled us to do, and our customers have enabled us to do, is to have this open system that gives them flexibility to have hardware of their choice and application that is completely flexible to bring any application into their data centers and then roll them out to their users with their digital workspace solution to any device or anywhere. Now that's been how we have, that's what we have done for the ecosystem. Now the ecosystem is changing. The requirements of new applications are changing. Customers are thinking about how they're going to embrace the power of cloud. They're thinking about how they're going to bring in the power of all of these different cloud services that are available for building new applications in modern ways and they're thinking about a distributed workforce. So what I call is the emergence of distributed enterprise, okay? There is a distributed architecture and a distributed workforce. And when it comes to this distributed enterprise and distributed workforce, the last thing we want to do is to go back to the mainframe closed days, okay? And believe it or not, we can get there by if you're not careful, right? If you think about what customers are doing right now, they're giving developers all of this closed system of building their applications, tying them all the way back into the infrastructure. And that may sound something that they have to do now for onesies and twosies of applications, but it's not gonna spur innovation in the world of cloud in the future. Our job at VMware, as I see what customers should think about us, is what we did in being that trusted foundation, okay, for in the world of traditional applications and the enterprise applications, to be taken into the modern applications and truly enable the developer velocity in the world of multi-cloud, where they can use the power of these cloud services rapidly, but do so in a manner so that it, there is a layer uh, of technology that enables standardization, governance, cost control, and a velocity for developers through automation that works beautifully across all clouds. Okay, And that's something that only VMware can help our customers do. So that's sort of for distributed architecture of applications. And similarly, for distributed workforce, we are going to take our digital workspace solutions into enabling our customers to use the power of edge services for making sure that network services, security services, access services, and over time, even compute services for enabling our distributed workforce to have an anywhere workspace solution, which is far more powerful when, when the people are all over the place and the applications are all, all in the cloud then you need a completely different edge-based solutions, not data center-based solutions to perform all of these functions I mentioned. And that's the new VMware, okay? And what we did in the past to enable innovation and become a trusted platform for the data centers and digital workspace, now we envision that customers would view us the same way in the world of multi-cloud and distributed workforce and enabling that innovation as the trusted platform in that era.
2: It's really interesting because... I guess you're talking to loads of our customers and we're changing as an organization and we're really moving to become that that trusted provider across all those multiple platforms. What are the customers saying to you? What feedback are you getting from the customers in terms of their needs and their asks?
0: I mean, this is very important, right? And uh, VMware can be misconceived or misperceived as we are going to bring the one single technology stack, a a hammer to solve all the problems, if just sort of have to go back to the popular analogy. That's not what our customers are looking for. That's the first thing that I'm going to say. What customers are looking for broadly is how their applications are going to change. They're thinking about application-first view going forward. Okay, They're, They're thinking infrastructure is there to support the applications. And so how does infrastructure evolve to support the needs of the applications? And applications are changing, broadly speaking, three categories. Okay, first of all, enterprise applications are requiring the this sort of, which is what I you can call it traditional apps, enterprise apps, what VMware has served in the world of data center now need to leverage the infinite capacity that the cloud provides. Okay, the applications in some cases will be potentially rewritten, refactored, but in many cases they may have to be rehosted because you're just leveraging the capacity of the cloud, but while still using the automation and the power and the technologies that you're that our customers have built for managing them in the data center. So how you have a singular cloud infrastructure for enterprise applications that span the cloud of the choice, where there are no boundaries of the data center that the customers have traditionally had, and the infinite capacity that the cloud provides is available on demand. Okay, So that's the first thing I'm hearing. But there is tons of interest at this point in time, especially among the CIOs, where they are thinking of how to empower these developers as fast and as quickly as possible because the power of cloud truly comes in not just from having this infinite capacity, but these modern primitives, new application services that are available to build new applications with the power of data, the power of uh, AI, the power of how you are going to do certain functions because all these services are already available in the cloud. You know, when I used to do the programming, it used to be a world where I had to write every library and every function from scratch. That's not the case anymore, right? The power of modern applications is where you can go, look at all of these services that are available in the world of cloud, assemble them, build a business logic around it, an experience that you want, and build an application at a much, much more rapid pace. Now, in that world, customers are saying this is both good but it can also be overwhelming for developers and training and bringing developers quickly onboarded through a more sort of controlled set of services that have been authorized and to use uh, is important. So how do you create a dev automation system which truly leverages the power of multi-cloud, but in a manner so it's got some degree of control and some degree of, if you may, sovereignty to it so that it has a right fit for the customer and the enterprise? And at the same time, it has ops automation built in so that when these services are being used, the required cloud uh, instantiation and automation to cloud cost control, to cloud security, to uh, ensuring that there is required sort of visibility and observability, that the two need to come together in a singular platforms for customers. And customers are saying that it's very difficult to build that through open source technologies, and there's really no one else at this point in time who can be an independent provider besides VMware. Otherwise, they have to pick a monocloud. And the reality is developers want multi-cloud, right? Because the power of all these services reside in multiple clouds. So that's the second thing I'm hearing. And then third thing I'm hearing is edge. How are customers going to be able to leverage the power of edge where if all the applications are in the cloud and all the people are all over in the pandemic-induced in people's homes, uh, how would we truly leverage the power of edge rather than putting all the critical functions for enabling people to access the applications to be either in the data center or in the, or in the cloud, that won't work. And and that's what within VMware we're centrally focused on. And it aligns extremely well with our mission and what we have done in the past.
1: Fabulous. I, I got to say something. It's the first time I've heard somebody say monocloud. So that's uh, that's <laughs> fabulous. I'm going to use that from now on. Um Okay, uh, so um, so one of the things we have talked about a few times when we've when we've kind of been delving into cloud is this concept that enterprises are going to multiple mono clouds. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm really messing that one up. But that's exactly
0: what's happening. That's and, exactly what's happening. And then
1: creating or recreating the silos of the past mm-hmm. um, across business units, across teams, or otherwise. And what, what what's your take on that? Is this just the next problem area or is this something
0: that we can Oh, it certainly is it certainly is and i think customers realize it and by the way the more customers i speak with some maybe i have not thought about it but you talk about this problem and right away it sort of brings to the forefront it's maybe in the back of their minds and I have not put it in the forefront but many others have and i'm encouraged to see people building teams of establishing a platform and I think it's critical the customers do that now because otherwise you're going back to the days of the mainframe where you are completely stopping innovation because you're tying the application development velocity straight into the infrastructure and that's never been healthy and it never will be the right approach going forward. So building an appropriate platform that enables that development velocity, but at the same time does so with leverage of the multiple clouds so that there is automation for developers and automation for ops is going to be the future. It's not a matter of right or wrong. It's otherwise you're just going to lead to slower development velocity over time.
2: You know, it's always interesting to see what our customers are telling us and what, you know. <clears throat> and I'm sure they, they tell Sumit, exactly what their problems are, right? And it's always interesting to understand how honest they are by explaining the challenges that they've got and how they're recreating some of the problems that they've actually sought to overcome. So creating more silos, creating more blockages further down the pipe. They're, you know, they're squeezing it along, That they're not necessarily removing the, the problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, in, in full transparency, listen, customers trust VMware, okay? We have been this trusted foundation for our customers, and customers have trusted us, and they know how critical we role we have played for them in the past. And they also see when it comes to the ecosystem of how these cloud providers building fuller stacks that there are very few companies, if maybe none other besides VMware that can help them solve this challenge of building an application platform and having the multi-cloud infrastructure as we talked about. Now, at the same time, I'm gonna say that customers have also been critical about us showing up with our solutions faster to the market, right? They want us to have these solutions. They want us to have more integrated experiences and we have to do a better job there in being there with the customers faster. And our commitment to our customers is that we have accelerated the velocity into the areas that I just mentioned. And it's sort of the core focus area for the company. And our goal is to have the best solutions to solve this problem. Um, because that's what our customers want.
1: Okay, so dare I ask, and you you don't have to answer this in the interests of protecting the next conversation you have with customers, but you know if there was one thing that you could change on behalf of a customer about the way the customers approaching their technology or approaching us, what 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 do you think that might be?
0: I mean, I think if there is one thing I can change and wave a magic wand and accelerate some of the thing, I would change it for how customers have perceived VMware. I think our perception is our enemy at this point of time. We've been so successful at doing what we did with customers that customers have placed us in that box. Okay, and oftentimes when I have a conversation with customers and draw a bigger circle where VMware is placed in their minds, they're extremely happy. Okay, so if there is one thing I can change and accelerate, is the box that they put VMware in and draw that bigger circle of the problems that we can solve for them for multi cloud. I
2: I've, I've got one last question and you we, we we've talked to about customers and we've talked about VMware but can we now talk about the industries and I know you're very passionate around industry orientation and the conversations there. Can you give us your view on where we need to get to as an organization to really you know resonate with our customers and be relevant to our customers in industry and
0: Yeah, I mean if you think about VMware VMware's power is building and innovating great technologies. Okay, we take pride in it, but at times we approach the customers through the lens of the technologies, showcase all of our innovation, and then let the hard part of understanding and the value proposition, and then over time getting the communication of what value was realized being left left to the customer. Okay, that's not something that we as a company have done the best job at. We of course try, we keep getting better as we grow as a company. Um, But uh, now when we are thinking about, we started the conversation on what is success of the customer, it's about realizing the outcome that they started before they bought the product. And the outcomes are always understood by customers as some kind of a challenge that's related to their business. And so by definition, the business challenges for customers in say banking will be very different for business challenges, for someone in government, or for someone who is dealing with more sort of consumer goods, right? This the challenges are different, and the value and the outcomes that they're looking to get as are different. So while our technologies are great, but the outcomes have to be realized through appropriate value proposition, expression of the technology, and the ecosystem on you know as partners uh, that come together to formulate the solution to realize that outcome for customers, and then people that front the customers who can understand the problems of the industry because they can short circuit the realization of the value and the outcome for the customers because they understand customers better. And those are the things we are investing in. Okay, all the three things so that customers can understand the value proposition quickly. They can work with our solution and the ecosystem in a rapid fashion because we have done the required validation and work with the ecosystem to bring a more holistic solution for customers that can be Uh, absorbed, implemented by customers quickly, and then people that have experience with the industry and so they can get the customers to realize the value proposition without hidden trial that otherwise one would have to do. And that's the goal of our objective of making sure that we become more customer-centric and as a result, industry-centric in our approach to dealing with customers.
1: So, Summit. Uh, last our last episode, actually, we were we were fortunate enough to get some time with Kit Colbert, and there was a ton of things we covered with him about where vSphere is going, but also our positioning in cloud and and how to think beyond the hypervisor. Even though there's a ton of innovation coming in the hypervisor, but the thing I didn't actually get to talk to him about was: does it feel like everything has to be about vSphere? You know, yes, we'll talk to you, but at the root of it all, we want to sell some more vSphere licenses. You know, or is there a bigger picture now that actually, yes, we'd love you to buy some vSphere licenses, but we are so relevant in all these other areas. You know, have you got a view on that?
0: Yeah, it's a great question, Matthew. You know, this is sort of goes back to what I mentioned related to our success has been potentially our own enemy, right? Because it gets us perceived and put us in the box, and we have long held this perspective because we truly believed and it was probably true. Where when you have enterprise applications virtualization was almost like an IQ test, right? So you did that, and vSphere has the de facto standard in the marketplace. And for enterprise applications, what we are doing is we're bringing the same power of not just vSphere, but we have now built out a full software-defined data center stack, and now all of that is available, like I mentioned, across the power of multiple clouds so that you don't have your data centers with any kind of boundaries. Uh, And then you can decide your cloud strategy very, very flexibly for enterprise apps. Now, when it comes to modern apps, we realize that customers would would choose to run them cloud native. The problem with modern applications is not necessarily an infrastructure up problem. It's more of an application and developer down problem. How is the developer automation going to be set up and how is the ops automation going to be set up? Because all of these cloud native platforms are going to expose a range of primitives and services. And without a platform that can have all of these services, available to developers in an appropriate experience and operators with the right sort of consistent experience, it comes back to the challenges we have discussed. And for modern applications, we don't uh, anticipate, you know, while we would think there may be cases, customers may still run it on our infrastructure, but we also envision in most cases, they won't. They will run it on cloud native and that's okay. That's sort of is what customer centricity in our opinion means. And that's why we're building our modern application platform and our ops platform all to work consistently across our cloud infrastructure, our Kubernetes distribution, as well as cloud native solutions, including all hyperscalers and their Kubernetes distribution in a consistent fashion.
1: So I think that's probably a good point for us to move on to our crystal ball section. I see the future. Really? Well, what do you have a crystal ball? What's going to happen? Listen, if you know something, you got to tell me. Okay, so this is, uh, we're looking for a prediction from you now. And this isn't one of those ones that's going to come back to haunt you in the future. It's just, you know, what do you think might be a significant or even the most significant game changing technology, technologies around now? And how do you think that's going to help or hinder financial
0: services? Yeah, I mean, I think the most game changing technologies in my assessment is how we leverage the power of Edge and 5G. Okay, the 5G setup. And if we, you know, VMware is a strong supporter of Open RAN, and we are enabling, for example, at Dish Network, who has started the big 5G RAN build out, we are the technology and, and partner with them to ensuring um, that they build out an Open RAN system using the power of our software. Now, what does that mean? It goes back to some extent what we were discussing in the world of cloud now applies to the networks. If you think about these networks, they've been built out in a very close fashion. You buy a single sort of vendor's hardware stack. Of course, hardware is powered with software, but it also comes from the same vendor. So all the innovation is blocked by two or three sort of hardware providers. And that's okay when all you needed was reliability of the network and speeds and feeds. But we're well past that. Okay, the world of 5G promises this next generation of applications that are going to fundamentally change how citizens of the world, as well as, you know, all the people, it has the opportunity to bring digital equity to everyone in the humankind. OK. And of course, financial services and banking and a whole host of financial products are going to play a role in it. OK. So to me, what I envision is if all of the innovation in the financial industry can be spurred, where new modern applications with the range of services available from the power of 5G can be built out so that the power of this new financial products in banking can be reached to anyone with a mobile phone anywhere. And that sort of is what the infrastructure technologies can do. And then you couple them with what's happening with the new currencies, the new sort of ledger systems, there is a whole range of financial products that can get created, leveraging the power of these, this edge. So I'm truly excited about it. And VMware is investing heavily in it. We are working with telco providers all over the globe. We're influencing the government agenda to create open RAM incentives to build out 5G quickly. And for our enterprise solutions, they should know that when they embrace our modern application platform and our edge services, they'll be backed by telco providers globally, okay? And that's how we are looking to connect over time our application platform efforts to our 5G open RAN build-out efforts where the new applications and the new innovation can be built out all with the mission that we have at the company, which is we remain the trusted foundation for our customers to, to accelerate innovation in whatever applications need to be built out for them.
1: Oh, that's fabulous. And look, I, I fully agree. So when I thought about my predictions, 5G was first on my list, but you've said it made way more eloquently than I had. So um, hopefully that's going to change my talk track a little on that one. But I completely agree with you. 5G, we're only just starting with what that's going to do for, for people.
0: I agree. I agree. And there's going to be next G, you know? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. This is the time for us to embrace and open architecture and think about how to leverage the power of 5G because 5G is a lot more than speeds and feeds. Absolutely. Right, let's go have some
1: fun. Uh, We usually call it the lightning round. Okay, welcome to the super awesome bonus lightning round.
2: The lightning
0: round begins now.
1: So this is our super fast lightning round. There's no right and wrong answers. Uh, We might snigger and laugh at the answers you give, but we probably won't. Or maybe we will. And we're really keen to kind of get through a few. You can pass if you really don't want to answer it, but we might jibe you about why you've passed. But anyway, we'll go from there. So let's just start with an easy one. a Favourite book
0: or movie? I'll start with Why, Simon Sinek.
2: Um, I'm guessing you've travelled extensively. What's the favourite place of all the places that you've travelled to and why?
0: African Safari. It was amazing to be with the nature so close.
2: Um, are you a morning or evening person?
0: I'm a morning person.
2: What piece of advice would you give someone in the same shoes as you, but 10 years ago?
0: Be yourself. You don't have to emulate other people. You build your own self and uh, just focus on your own core and your own self and make sure you keep making it better. What was the first concert or
1: live performance you ever saw?
0: John Bon Jovi. All right, Okay. What was the last concert that you saw? I guess that would have been pre-lockdown. I think it was with my son, and it was Dre. There's a difference. There's, there's, there's a big swing there. <laughs>
1: it sounds like you I'm dressed along
2: that- to Dr Dre. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: when was the last time you used cash? Um, what was it for? Probably
2: for parking meters. Good one. Okay, I'm going to go for the classic, but I always ask. If you, had to, if you was in a karaoke bar and you had to sing a karaoke song... What song would
0: you sing? The Living on a Prayer by John Yeah.
1: So uh, who's your mentor or have you been most inspired by?
0: I've been blessed. I've had two of my great ex-CEOs as my mentors. I mean, most people uh, at VMware would know, of course, Pat Gelsinger. He was a great mentor. And and prior to that, uh, ex-CEO of Citrix, Mark Templeton. Both of them were, were great mentors. What's your um, your getaway location,
1: Summit? Where do you like to get away to? Uh,
0: I like food and wine, so Napa. That's a good yeah.
1: one. Um, so what's a favourite thing you've bought in the last year?
0: I mean, I got into golf because of COVID, so maybe I enjoy it. So maybe I'd say my golf club membership.
2: Method of travel, boat, train or plane? Plane. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Speed. <laughs> can't get interrupted that's my favourite
1: view of it so this is a popular question we love to ask so if you were an ice cream what flavour would you be? I
0: think I'd be a a sugar free chocolate only a few people would like it (laughs) (laughs) but those that do
1: couldn't live without it right?
0: (laughs)
2: what's the one thing that you um, always wish you could do but you've not had time to do it yet.
0: I've been sort of always intrigued with painting or writing a book and have had no time to try out either of the two.
1: So this is my, probably my favorite question. If, if I could steal one piece of advice from you, what would it be?
0: It's something that I'm, I have a hard time practicing, but I'd say try to always smile because people don't know what you're thinking. That's
1: a good, that's a, that's a good one, yeah. Okay, so do we have to be worried when you're smiling? <laughs> yeah. <That's> a, smiling, <laughs> <assassin>. <laughs> a smiling
2: assassin. Um, so, the, Olim- the Olympics are on at the moment. So if you were able to perform any sport in the Olympics, what sport would you perform?
0: Uh, 100 meters. I used to be a sprint runner.
1: All right, right. Last question. And I don't know that I've asked this before, but I, I think you're going to have a great answer. If you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, which ones would you keep?
0: I'm thinking. Probably messages, maps, and mail.
1: I was sure you were going to say Workspace ONE.
0: (laughs) 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 Did I say mail?
1: (laughs) All right. Okay. Well, look... um, Summit, thank you for your time today. It's been really enjoyable and we've learned tons from you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate your time. We'd love to have you back. If you can come back another time.
0: Oh, it'd be great. It was a lot of fun. Good job, folks. Thank you. Thank, thank you so
1: much for your time.
0: Thank All you. Right.
1: Bye. Keep up with the latest news and ideas from Summit. Please follow him on Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll have links for him in our show notes. As always, if we can help you in any way, please talk with your VMware accounting or you can connect with us through LinkedIn. Just search for Brian Hayes or Matthew O'Neill at VMware. You can also follow me on Twitter at MatthewON or our podcast on Twitter at Pod. And you can find our show notes at don'tbreakthebankpodcast.com. If you like our podcast and could leave us a review and comment on Apple Podcasts, that would be really appreciated. And if you have any ideas for future episodes or even wish to appear as a future guest, please do get in touch. We hope you can join us again next time. Please do take care.